Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome into the Gamecock Central Radio podcast. It's our game day edition, our first ever game day edition here on GCR. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell today. We're going to hear from Chris Clark. He'll join us for a recruiting chat later in the podcast. We're also going to hear keys to victory today from Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central staff writer, and J.C. Zimble, who covers the North Carolina State Wolfpack for thewolfpacker.com. Wes, great to be with you today, man. The talking season has labored on this summer, but we're finally able to talk about football on game day. Yeah, I mean, talking season, I got to admit, got a little bit long there, but <laughs> I'm uh, I'm happy to be talking on a game day. Um, anytime you got ESPN, college game day on TV, uh, I, I start to get happy, man. I know they had a little special edition on Thursday, but uh, when it's on on a Saturday, to me, that's, that's sort of just my official uh, cue that, that we're here, we're talking Gamecocks, and, and obviously we've been talking about Gamecocks themselves all off season. Then we have got to talk about this game a little bit for the last few weeks. I'm excited for us to actually be able to soon, Emerson, talk about our product on the field, start to answer some questions, mm-hmm. and we uh, then we'll all get to overreact on Sunday and Monday <laughs> about what we saw today. So I'm really looking forward to overreacting uh to what South Carolina does on the field. Yeah, that'll be fun for sure. You know, we had Colorado State and Oregon State last weekend, and, and that was nice, you know, to have a regular season football game on TV and then, you know, some Thursday and Friday night games this weekend. But it's really not fully college football season until that first full slate Saturday of the year, and it's finally here. Yeah, it is. It's a decent slate, man. I uh, I, I sort of look at my Saturdays um, based on sort of a, the noon slot, then you sort of have that 3 o'clock, 3.30 slot, and then you have the primetime slot. And I'm always looking for what's the best game or combinations of games that I can find, you know, during those three slots. So uh, this week they, they did pretty well for us, I think. Obviously, everybody listening to this is going to be watching South Carolina and NC State at 3 o'clock on ESPN. I'm also on the WatchESPN.com uh, app. But uh, I think uh, I was looking – Maybe North Carolina and Cal might be your best sort of neuter slot. I think that game is at, at 12-20. Not, not a great game by any means, but uh, it'll get the job done while you're maybe eating or putting the finishing touches on some wings or something. Uh, then I think you have a, a strange game with Maryland going to Texas at noon as well. That's uh, Tom Herman's first game at Texas. And then obviously, uh, you know, I don't think people will be watching Michigan, Florida because they'll be watching Carolina if they're listening to us on this podcast. And but then after the Gamecocks game, you have uh, what some members are calling the sort of opener of the century with Florida State and Alabama at that uh, brand-new, beautiful facility in Atlanta. So I'm excited, man, not just about Carolina, but it should be a great game or a great day of football all the way around. Yeah, you're talking about Texas. You know, Texas is ranked this year. I was a little bit surprised to see that, but I know folks love Tom Herman, and Texas obviously has got a long tradition. And, uh, you know, Charlie Strong may have left some good talent there, but I was surprised to see Texas got ranked this year, number 23, I believe they were ranked. So we got a lot to come here on NC State, South Carolina, the season opener for both ball clubs. And also today, Wes, we're going to hear from the Gamecock Central hotline. we got this new phone number set up where our listeners can call in, leave a voicemail, and we're going to play select ones on our game day podcast. So we got one call this week, Wes. It's a brand-new hotline, and we did get one call. So we're going to hear from our caller uh, later in the podcast today. You'll answer the question, and we want to encourage people to take advantage of the hotline. Give us a call. You can call any time of day. Uh, throughout the week, and we'll put your voice on the podcast for the game day show that we're doing all season long here on Gamecock Central Radio. Let me give out the phone number. It's 803-497-9058. 
That's 803-497-9058. The Gamecock Central Hotline is open 24-7, and we want to encourage folks to be a part of the show, Wes, and to take advantage of that phone number. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I think any any way we can make the show more interactive, I am definitely for. So I'm excited for that opportunity for to sort of take some calls, and I hope that as it goes along, I'm sure that more and more people are going to want us to join us, especially the folks there on our Gamecock Central Premium message board, the Insider Forum. Um, uh, shout out to those guys. That's sort of the hub of our uh, community there on Gamecock Central. So I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to interact with more of those guys as the season goes on. Right. So you could email us questions or tweet questions. We get that from time to time. But this is an opportunity for you to call in, leave a voicemail, and we're going to play the recording of your voice on the podcast. Something a little bit different. We're going to give it a try here. 497 9058 if you want to call the GCR Game Day podcast. All right, Wes, let's talk South Carolina and NC State here. A lot of talking points, a lot of angles, a lot of storylines coming into this ball game. You know, the Gamecocks are obviously, uh, we believe, deep on talent at the skill positions this year, Wes. And I heard you on 107.5 The Game earlier this week talking about uh, exactly that. You know, if there's one area that you feel most comfortable about with the Gamecock football team is probably depth of talent, quality talent at the skill positions on offense. Receiver is deep. Tight end is incredibly solid and deep. Running back looks good. And Jake Bentley, obviously, the glue that's going to hold this offense together. So line play will be key this year. We know the Gamecocks you know, had some problems on the O-line last year, particularly protecting the quarterback. But you got to believe, Wes, if the Gamecocks get improved line play this year, South Carolina could score a lot of points here in 2017. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know the last time they had all those things you just mentioned. Uh, on the field at the same time. Certainly, they've individually had some great wide receivers. They've had a great running back or two along the way, but I, I don't know if they've had the depth at those positions that they currently do. And and then, you, obviously, you look at Aaron that with, with a Jake Bentley, who I, I think is poised to have a great sophomore year. Um, I, I'm anxious to see. I, I'll say um, it, it's been to hear the difference in uh, perspective, I guess, um, on where this offense is right now, I've heard people, um, especially sort of outside, you know, outside of the local areas, talk about South Carolina in some ways of being an unproven offense. And um, you look at the numbers from last year; that's absolutely true. And then I've heard people around here locally talk about South Carolina's offense as, as a proven offense. Um, because you start to look at all these pieces they have on paper. And I think Lou Holtz used to say that the truth normally uh, resides somewhere in the middle. And I, I think it's going to be important for fans watching this game not to expect too much too quick from the offense. There's still, they're still going to be growing pains, I think. Um, it's going to take a little bit of time for all this to come together. And as we've said all year long, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Uh, they're going to live and die with the offensive line. Uh, we'll probably talk about that next podcast and the podcast after and the game day podcast after because every single week that's going to be the question. Can this offensive line carry this team and, and just at least give Jake Bentley a chance to give the ball to all of those playmakers? But uh, the truth is in the middle, man. I, I don't know quite what to expect in the game later on today because there's going to probably be some explosive plays, Emerson, but there's going to be other times where this offense doesn't look good because it's week one. So I, I think we all need to have uh, realistic expectations about what that's going to mean on the football field. Yeah, I'll be focused when the Gamecocks have the football on line play, pass protection, certainly. And I'm also going to be looking at Jake Bentley to see if he is a little bit more alert when it comes to getting the football out as quickly as possible. You know, I, if, if Jake dances around back there today, I think the Gamecocks could be in for a long day because the NC State defensive line is so good. So I think it's a fantastic matchup to open the year, Wes. You know, two Power 5 schools here, non-conference game, but schools with a lot of tradition. You know, South Carolina's only played two schools more than they've played NC State. Right. Georgia and Clemson. 
So, you know, these are two schools that know each other very well and a lot of interesting aspects to this game that we're going to talk about on the game day podcast here today. Three o'clock kickoff at Charlotte Bank of America Stadium for the Gamecocks and the Wolfpack. And uh, Wes, let's talk about that NC State defense a little bit. You know, I, maybe their D-line is better than Clemson's. I'm not prepared to say that today, but they're, they're going to be one of the best in the country. There's no question. Led by Bradley Chubb. Ten and a half sacks a year ago, preseason All-American. This guy's going to play in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, you at least put them in that conversation maybe with Clemson and Florida if you're comparing them to last year. And, and I think, man, so important uh, when you look at what they can do defensively for South Carolina, A, to have a great game mentally up front on the offensive line. Because, uh, I mean, let's be honest, especially every week, I, I almost, I think in a lot of ways, I look across the different message boards and forums across the country. Uh, very few fan bases are actually happy with their offensive line play, uh, which tells me, you know, expectations for offensive line play are probably a little bit out of whack in general because um, the, the other team's defensive front is probably pretty good too. They're they're trying to get in the backfield, so you're, you're not going to win every rep on the offensive line. A lot of plays is going to be a it's going to be fifty fifty a stalemate. So, um, you know, NC State's going to win their share of battles. I think for South Carolina, it's a lot more about being a, a, a strong game plan, uh, mentally not just giving up any reps. I thought there were far too many plays last year against uh, Florida and Clemson that were just over before they started. Uh, they can't have that today. Uh, you know, I, I'll get a little bit more into, um, you know, the game plan later on maybe, but I, I think – Emerson, if you're South Carolina, one thing I look at with the NC State defense is they're they're big everywhere. Like you look at their listed size compared to like the average size for those positions, they're on the high end at every single spot. So if I'm South Carolina and I know that, I'm, I'm thinking you're you're gonna have to run this NC State team to death. Not necessarily with the running game, but I, I think uh, you know even the, the horizontal passes, the screen game. Uh, receivers make those NC State defensive linemen chase sideline to sideline, make them defend the entire field, and then ultimately I think you're going to have to wear them down and wear them out. It may be be a thing where it looks a little bit ugly at first for South Carolina, but if they can sort of wear them down as the game goes along, then maybe you can use that running back depth, Rico Daddle, Tyson Williams, A.J. Turner, and keep you know, turning in fresh legs and possibly wear them down like that. So uh, I think if you're South Carolina, it sounds cliche to say you make them defend the whole field, but um, a lot of fans don't really like those horizontal passes, the little quick screen passes to the receivers. But uh, what those do is they, they make those defensive ends have to turn and run to the sideline. Those defensive tackles have to chase. So when you're looking at a team that's just very, very big all the way around, and has very little depth in the secondary, I think the more you can make those guys pursue, uh, the better off you're going to be in the long run. NC State's a five-point favorite today. West, to me, that, that battle between the Gamecock <laughs> offense and the NC State defense is the, the one to watch and will probably be the number one determining factor in the outcome of this game today. Carolina did not protect the passer well last year, and NC State got tremendous pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So you look at that on paper and you say, advantage NC State. I think that's a big part of the reason why NC State is favored in this ball game. But, Wes, we found out earlier this week that NC State will play without its top cornerback from a year ago. Mike Stevens, they're scheduled to be a third-year starter this year, is out for today's game with an injury that he suffered during fall camp. So what they have done is they have moved a former wide receiver to cornerback Jonathan Alston. He played safety in high school, but this guy's a senior now. That was four years ago, so he's not played on defense in college. He has not started a game, and he's going to get the start today against the Gamecocks. So, Wes, if South Carolina can keep Bentley clean today, you got to believe that they're going to find out if Jonathan Alston is ready to play cornerback at the Division One level. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're going to have to attack those cornerbacks and uh, you know, on the other side, you're going to have a familiar name in Nick McLeod from South Point uh, in Rock Hill, obviously. Uh, someone that South Carolina's previous staff uh, flirted with quite a bit in the recruiting process and ultimately decided not to offer. Uh, you know, if they had offered, Nick McLeod would be at South Carolina right now. So I, I think you look at that secondary. They also um, lost their best safety from last year to the NFL. Um, 
and this is a group that I think not only has some question marks as their starters, but also is pretty thin. So, um, you know, if you start again wearing them down, uh, I even you know I watched that uh, that Indiana Ohio State game on Thursday night, and Indiana was able in the first half to basically neutralize Ohio State's pass rush by getting the ball out quick. And they clearly thought they had a, and they did, they had a matchup advantage on the perimeter with their receivers against Ohio State's corners. And, you know, it wasn't even necessarily short passes. If you have a guy who can get off the line of scrimmage, you know, you can throw the ball downfield with quickness if you're throwing fade routes and and, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, I thought Indiana had a great game plan early on. Uh, It looked like they probably wanted to loosen up Ohio State and then be able to come back and hit them with the run later on. But that basically never happened. They were never able to sort of loosen them up enough to be able to run the football, so the game plan uh, didn't run 60 minutes. But if you're South Carolina, what they were able to do early on, I, I think is, is probably the blueprint. You want to be able to, to loosen them up and then come back and then probably hit them with that three-headed monster at, at running back and keep those guys uh, with fresh legs. So. Uh, that to me, uh, the South Carolina offensive line against NC State's D line, probably the biggest uh, mismatch pointing towards NC State's side. But then South Carolina's receivers and tight ends, uh, you know, with NC State's secondary trying to cover them, probably the biggest mismatch in South Carolina's favor. Uh, the funny thing about those two things is that they go hand in hand. If South Carolina has a little bit of time to throw, they probably torch. NC State secondary. If South Carolina doesn't have time to throw, then that section doesn't matter. You know, it, it basically uh, sort of negates any advantage South Carolina has out there because you can't get the football out. Right. That's the interesting part about this matchup to me. If NC State dominates the battle up front, Bentley will not have time to throw. We may not find out how good these Gamecock skill players can be. But if Bentley gets time, you got to believe that South Carolina is going to be able to hurt that NC State secondary that does not have a lot of experience and they don't have a lot of depth right now either. Only five healthy DBs for NC State coming into this ball game. So that's a really interesting aspect of this game to me. All right, Wes, let's take a look at the other matchup that we'll be focusing on today, and that'll be the North Carolina State offense against the Gamecock defense. And, you know, NC State lost their 1,100-yard rusher, Matt Days, to the NFL. He was the seventh-round pick of the Cleveland Browns, and Days apparently is competing for that starting job with the Browns. But – he was a real factor in the NC State offense a year ago. They do have some very good skill players returning, but Days was a major impact player a year ago. So a little bit of a question for NC State's, you know, regarding how consistently they're going to be able to run the football. But they know the Gamecocks had trouble stopping the run last year, Wes, and I think NC State comes in trying to run the football today. Yeah, and I think um, you look at uh, their running game last year and, and what they lost there, and, and that kid was sort of the focal point of their offense yep. and obviously anytime you lose that I, I think he was uh, what would you say almost kind of like their safety blanket like he was the guy that um, if you did if you didn't know what else to do if you went in doubt give the ball to him and uh, you know he, he ran hard for them he sort of brought energy and and now that's not there now they they've uh, they're gonna slide not he finds to the running back position. He was more of a slot um, guy last year. Did play some running back. But he was a full-time running back. Completely different type of runner. Um, speed guy can kind of hide the, behind the line. Um, you know, sort of bust out and 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 makes plays for them that way. I'm I'm very very curious to see how he looks going up against the SEC type defense and against the size South Carolina will have up front. Uh, I starting to look around. I think a guy nobody from the South Carolina side is really talking about is uh, Reggie Gillespie the second. He's sort of their bigger bruiser, um, not the starter at running back, but it is someone that I think is going to have to have a big year for NC State in the running game because, the, you know, to me the sort of scat back all-purpose type backs can be hit or miss. Uh, a lot of times they'll get their yard big plays, but then you have to throw in a few one one negative one. No, you know, no gains in there as well. So it's it's not as as easy to sort of duplicate success play after play. And then to talk about NC State, we have to mention Jalen Samuels, number one. Uh, this kid is dynamic. Uh, he's called an H back in their offense, but 
He's kind of a, a tight end, kind of a receiver. Play some running back. Uh, they'll hit him on the jet sweep. He'll block out front of the running backs as well. Uh, this guy does it all. And I tell you what, man, if if this third and one and I'm NC State, I'm handing the ball to Jalen Samuels. Forget those other running backs. I'm giving the ball to this guy. So that, that's not something I've necessarily read a lot about, but that's something I would be aware of for you know for South Carolina. Yeah, Samuels ran for seven touchdowns last year. He caught six TDs. They line him up all over the field. Really interesting player. H-back, as you mentioned, and a senior. And uh, their quarterback is Ryan Finley. Wes, over 3,000 passing yards a year ago, 18 TDs and eight interceptions. You know, kind of characterized as a manager of the football game. And he distributes the ball nicely to these skilled players that we're talking about here. And the the featured running back, we believe, is going to be Naheem Hines, who played slot receiver last year. This guy is an all-American sprinter. You know, he's a track star, and he's got incredible speed, so he could present a matchup problem for the Gamecocks. You know, if, if a linebacker ends up in coverage on Naeem Hines, a half a step is all he's going to need to take it to the house. So certainly some dangerous weapons for NC State that the Gamecocks need to be leery of today. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they try to do with those matchups because, um, like you said, they're, they're going to try to get their speed matched up uh, you know, with linebackers and, and coverage at one-on-one. And I, I think uh, when I watched a few of NC State's games from last year, if I looked at their scheme, um, it's not that they do anything incredibly unique or even particularly difficult to defend as a concept, but they do it out of so many different looks. Like, uh, they're going to be in shotgun. They're going to be in the pistol. They're going to be under center. Uh, they're going to be in the wildcat. They'll give you a second quarterback in Jalen McClendon, who's more of a runner. Uh, they're going to be in two tight ends sometimes. They'll be in trips sometimes. Like they're uh, they're going to motion. They're going to motion. They're running back out of the backfield a lot. They're going to do a little bit of everything to keep you mentally uh, having to think. And I, I think that's what stands out. Then you look at Ryan Finley, the quarterback. Like you mentioned, um, he sort of gets that game manager marker to his name, which is sort of a low key insult. I always feel like. Um, when you when you call a quarterback a game manager, uh, you're you're basically insulting them. I feel like, and like he is a game manager, but I feel like he's a very good game manager. He he appears to me, especially the games I watch later in the year, he appears to know exactly where the football is supposed to go. And they uh, a lot of times it, it seems like it's an easy read. It's sort of set up to where he knows where the ball is going before the ball is snapped. They're going to get. They're going to do what, what I think South Carolina is going to have to do: get the ball out quick. Um, he'll distribute the ball around. He's actually got a pretty big arm. Um, he's actually more fleet of foot than I think you get. You know, than people give him credit for. Um, so he's a guy who can play the game at a high level. And I, one thing I also noticed when they send a guy in motion, um, and they're snapping the ball while that guy's sort of still in motion, a lot of times their offense runs through that motion man. Um, whoever he is, if you're watching for where you think the ball might go, watch him because their offense is based around that. They love to do that little motion play where the running back uh, motions immediately parallel out of the backfield. They snap the ball while he's still running, and they'll just swing it out to him. A lot of times they'll have big Jalen Samuels out there blocking for him, um, or they'll turn that into a wheel route, or they'll use that as sort of a decoy and then throw downfield. Uh their offense is a lot of times built around uh, that motion, man, it seems like. Wes, the Gamecock defense, obviously the, the pass rush has been poor, frankly, the last three years. And yes. we're looking at some, some younger players that uh, you know we hope are going to spur the Gamecocks to some better defensive line play this year. And there is a good group of veteran players on that D-line that will start today, but we got some young players in there. D.J. Wanham is going to start. He had a good freshman year last year. By all accounts, he has improved over the offseason, so I think a lot of folks are excited to see what Wanham is going to do today. But uh, Kier Thomas and Aaron Sterling, a couple of younger players, you know, a sophomore and a freshman, that uh, I think Gamecock fans are hoping will make an impact starting 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, Bus Camp sort of challenged those older guys you were talking about. Uh, you know, he challenged like a Dante Sawyer, a Taylor Stallworth, a Yorick Jones. Um, and it, it's kind of a weird mix you have. Uh, some veterans who maybe haven't necessarily been starters their whole career. Uh, Taylor Stallworth certainly has, but Dante Sawyer's been more of a reserve. Uh, Yorick Jones started some the second half of last year. Um, 
But, you know, not necessarily guys that South Carolina was counting on as breakout players. So uh, this year they are counting on them for that. And they're going to have to play well. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Keir Thomas has sort of been pushing Dante Sawyer for playing time. And, and then, you know what, I think D.J. Wanham is the best player on the South Carolina team that nobody knows. Um, you know, the, the South Carolina fans, clearly, that, that really follow things know that name. But, you know, maybe just your average fan or, or the SEC fan out there, uh, they don't know the D.J. Wanham name on a conference-wide basis. And I, I think he's a guy that we're going to know by the end of the year that he's a really good football player. And then I, I think maybe the, the entire key to their pass rush it's probably going to be Bryson Allen Williams. Uh, you know, this is a guy that's played all over throughout his career. He's still going to play some traditional kind of 4-3 linebacker as well, but they're going to use him a lot as far as getting involved in the passing game, you know, trying to get after the quarterback. And, uh, you know, one thing, Emerson, sort of putting the pieces together, I don't think we've talked enough about this because the coaches haven't even really talked about it. I wonder if we're not going to see more three-man fronts than it's really being talked about anywhere. That's just a guess on my part, but you look at some depth issues at defensive tackle, and you look at the positions that they have some of their players at, and that's the fact that Bryson Allen Williams and uh, DJ Wanham are both technically at the buck position right now, and they're going to want those two guys on the field at one time. I think you're going to see a lot of DJ Wanham, Taylor Stallworth, and Dante Sawyer lined up across with Bryce Allen Williams as a stand-up pass rusher, and then T.J. Brunson and Sky Moore um, as your more traditional inside linebackers. I, I think their nickel package is going to be a lot of basically the old three-three-five that South Carolina uh, actually ran a ton uh, back under Lou Holtz. So uh, that, that's not really something that's been talked about this offseason, but I, I just got a feeling Muschamp likes to be very multiple up front. He likes to move pieces around, but I, I think that's a look – that, and, and they did run that some last year, but I think as far as getting your best 11 on the field, uh, I think we're going to see that maybe more than anybody's talking. All right, Brad Johnson, defensive lineman, freshman from Pendleton, another player that I'm excited to see. You know, Is he going to play today? What kind of impact could he have in his first year with the Gamecocks? And, Wes, I'll tell you, one of the highlights of today's game for me is getting to see Sky Moore back on the field. I think a lot of Gamecock fans feel the same way. By all accounts, he's ready to go. You know, We were concerned that maybe that neck injury that he had last year might hold him back in some way, or maybe he would not be able to perform at the level that he has in years past. But all indications are that he is good to go, and I'm looking forward to seeing him make some plays for the Gamecock defense today. Also excited to see Jamias Williams, Jam Williams, the centerpiece of the Gamecocks 2017 signing class. He's going to play some nickelback today, and we hear great things about him in terms of his competitive fire. You know, you got to love having guys like that on your defense that like to compete. So season opener really is like Christmas Day for the fans, Wes. All these new presents, and you finally you've been looking at them under the tree, you know, all all season, all all during the run up to Christmas, and you finally get to pull them out and break them open. So that's the way I feel about uh, you know Jam Williams and uh, some of these other freshmen that we've been talking about. Shy Smith, another one on offense that we really haven't touched on yet. But uh, Wes, let's talk about special teams real quick. You know, I feel like today's game is probably going to be close, and it could easily be a special teams play that determines the winner of this game. And both teams have got some questions on special teams coming into today. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, you look at what happened to NC State last year, and they, they might have won 10 games if, if they had a kicker who could consistently put the ball through the uprights. Um, they obviously didn't. They brought in a grad transfer, um, Carson Wise, who um, basically has, has kicked before, obviously, but hasn't kicked at this level before. So that, that's still a question for them. Obviously, South Carolina still has a couple of guys in Parker White um, and Alex Wozniak battling it out for their uh, place-kicking job. You have uh, Joseph Carlton, or excuse me, Joseph Charlton from AC Flora, um, who's going to sort of take over the punter job. Um, you know, and, and then you even look at those other spots, the return spots. Punt returner was something that plagued South Carolina last year, just getting the guy to catch the football. Uh, Chris Lamont is going to be the guy there at least to start the season, and then Debo Samuel is going to be the kickoff return guy. Um, but even you know what? Even the spots that nobody ever talks about or thinks about, Emerson, uh, you you got a new holder and a new uh, long snapper. So nobody ever talks about those guys, but um, until they mess up. Yep. So you actually <laughs> sort of we, you know, South Carolina fans need to hope that nobody notices that there's a new long snapper and new holder. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, interesting to see what uh, special teams holds today. You know, they say the old adage, special teams can win you or lose you two games or more a year. And I just feel like today could be one of those games for whichever team can make a big play or whichever team, you know, makes a big mistake on special teams. It could cost them the game. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Gamecock Central Radio here, our first game day podcast on GCR. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. We're going to hear from Chris Clark, from Colin Taylor, and also from J.C. Zimble from thewolfpacker.com later on in today's podcast. Throw a burger on the grill for me and Wes. We'll take a cold beverage as well. And we want to invite you to download the Gamecock Central Radio app. Maybe you're listening to today's podcast on our phone app, which is available on the App Store and on Google Play. You can subscribe to our podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services, or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Wes, I've got the phone app, and it's it's two taps, and I'm listening to our latest podcast. You hit the GCR app, it opens up, and then you see the list of podcasts. You just hit play on the one you want to hear, and it's two taps, and you're listening. I love it. It's real easy. So check out the Gamecock Central Radio app if you have not already done so. And speaking of new features, Wes, we talked earlier today about the Gamecock Central hotline that you just set up. This is a brand new feature here for Gamecock Central and Gamecock Central Radio. I'm going to give out the phone number again here. We really want to encourage our listeners to call in and be a part of the show. We're going to be doing the game day podcast all season long. And again, the Gamecock Central hotline is open for you 24-7. If you have a question for Wes, you can call in, leave us a voicemail on the phone number that I'm about to give you, and we'll play your voice, your recording Uh, the recording of your voice on the Game Day podcast that week. The number is 803-497-9058. It's 803-497-9058. And, Wes, we got one phone call this week. We're going to drop it in right here, and we're going to hear from Chris. Chris has a question for you on the Gamecock Central Hotline. Thanks for taking my call, guys, my question. My question is about our special teams unit. Um, I know Elliot Fry was one of our better kickers in, in Gamecock. Uh, were past several years, but I was curious who you thought maybe we would get the job, um, and is our kicking game is a concern? Um, I appreciate you taking my call. Love the podcast. Yeah, Emerson, I, I believe that that was my good buddy uh, Chris Payne. So we uh, we obviously appreciate the call the uh, call from Chris, and I, I hope that we'll I hope we'll hear from some other guys next week uh, on our hotline. But yeah, good question. Uh, special teams, obviously. I think, like we were talking about a few minutes ago, going to be very, very key in this game. And um, as far as the kickers go, I don't have a feel necessarily who's going to ultimately win that job, Chris. I think that, um, you know, Wisnick sort of entered camp as the, the guy. And then, uh, you know, Parker White just has pushed into that mix and, and done a great job. And Parker White's going to be the kickoff guy. Um, I get the impression maybe – we see Wisnick on shorter field goals early on. Maybe we see Parker White on longer field goals. That, that's something I've sort of alluded to, uh, that they might have different roles uh, as far as when they try them out there. And then I think that's something that's going to uh, sort of play out during the season. Whoever performs the best will, will be the guy. But uh, but no doubt, that's, that's, that's probably one of the top concerns for me is uh, that position because when you talk about hitting a pressure kick, it's much more about mental than it is about the physical. These guys physically can kick the football, Emerson. But, uh, I mean, look look across college football every single season and every single week, even in the NFL, but it's not quite as bad. How many games are won and lost because a kicker either knocks it through or doesn't knock it through the upright? Yep. Um, it, it, it's, it's every week. So, uh, South Carolina had a guy. And Elliot Fry, who was very, very good, um, it's a it's a big question mark. And frankly, I, I think if you were going to list concerns for this team, uh, that that would be on my list. Yeah, you got to be able to get three, don't you? You know, just look at NC State. You mentioned earlier they could have won, you know, maybe nine or ten games last year had they been able to have some success consistently with their place kicker, but they did not. You know, they lost a Clemson game up in Death Valley last year, a game they should have won. They had a 33-yard field goal to beat Clemson on the road last year and pushed it wide right, and Clemson beat them in overtime, went on to win a national championship, much to the chagrin of a lot of folks listening today. <laughs> so thanks for the call, Chris. 497-9058. The area code is 803-497-9058. You want to be a part of the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast Call the GCR hotline, 497-9058. We'll put you on the show next week. 
Good thing we got there, Wes. A brand new feature here. We hope our listeners will call in and be a part of our game day podcast. Man, that's fun. Yeah, I love it. Uh, like you said, they can they can still hit us on Twitter at Gamecock Central. Uh, we'll do our best to get to those, but um, actually, sometimes uh, with all the notifications, miss those on Twitter. So, and, and we want to hear their voices too, man. So, uh, this actually one of our hosters, Emerson, had asked um, how they could call into the show. They they wanted us to do a live a live one so they could call in. And I, I said, well, I've seen other podcasts do this, um, for, you know, in other subjects. So I, I said, let's set it up and do it. So hopefully. Uh, Hopefully our fans will like that. All right, very good. 497-9058. Take advantage. You can call in anytime. Again, 24-7. Nobody's going to answer. You just call in. You get a voicemail. You leave us a message, and we'll put you on the podcast. Let's go ahead and turn our attention to keys to victory today. And we've got uh, Colin Taylor, staff writer for Gamecock Central, who will provide us with his keys to victory for the Gamecocks. And then we're going to hear from J.C. Zimbel, who does a fine job covering NC State for the Wolfpacker.com. They're part of the Rivals Network, and we got a good podcast up on Gamecock Central Radio this week with J.C. He gave us a full scouting report on the Wolfpack earlier this week. So if you're interested to get more information on NC State, you can pull that podcast up today. Let's go ahead and listen in to Colin Taylor. He's got our keys to victory for the Gamecocks. It's obviously a big opener for South Carolina. It's a, it's a tone setter. The season openers usually are. Um, I think South Carolina's really got to control the lines of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. Um, that NC State front seven is one of the best they're going to see all year. Veteran leadership. Um, they got a lot of guys that can sack the quarterback, so that offensive line's got to be up to par um, to be able to uh, open up running lanes and protect uh, Jake Bentley. And they got to get pressure on the quarterback, and they got to get pressure to make sure that he can't get the ball. Um, some of those playmakers that NC State has and get them out. And NC State loves to play in space, and uh, they got to pressure the quarterbacks and you know clog the running lane so that doesn't happen. Um, the next one, um, I, I think that South Carolina's got to run the ball. Um, they have three guys that the coaching staff thinks they can win with, with uh, Rico Dattle, Tyson Williams, and uh, AJ Turner. And I think that if those guys can, you know, each have you know 50, 60 yards. Gamecocks run for about 200 or 180 to 200 yards on the ground. That's going to, you know, force that front seven to kind of stay put and protect the run. And it lets Debo Samuel Bryan over, Shai Smith, and those guys with Hayden Hurst get into a depleted secondary and make plays. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, I think that, you know, being able to get the front seven to stay put and get in the ball to Debo Samuel or Brian Edwards or anybody else, you know, deep in the secondary is going to pay dividends and uh, give South Carolina a lot of points. Um, Saturday. And the last one I have is um, Control Jalen Samuel. Um, he's Mr. Do-It-All for NC State. Um, he, he's electric. He can, he can do everything. He's like Devo Samuel, but on NC State, he runs the ball, he catches passes. Um, he, he does everything. So South Carolina really has to key on him, make sure they're containing him. He's going to get his yard. Um, they're going to get him you know, the ball as much as they can, uh, but if they can limit him as best they can and keep him out of the end zone, I think South Carolina has a good chance to win. And now we'll look at the other side of things here. J.C. Zimble from TheWolfPacker.com joins us. Keys to victory for NC State. To me, this is a game that, you know, sounds cliche, but it seems like it's going to be in the trenches. Um, NC State had 37 sacks on defense last year. Uh, South Carolina, I believe, allowed, what, 41, 42 sacks on offense last year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that matches up. Um, you know, can NC State, with a, a somewhat veteran offensive line, mostly off veteran offensive line, you know, will they be able to get that tough third and two? You know, will they be able to run the ball and get that, that tough short guarded situation that, that extends the series and gives the defense a little bit of a break? You know, um, and then conversely, will NC State be able to put enough pass brush pressure on uh, South Carolina quarterback Jake Bentley to make up for the fact that they have a reworked secondary um, where four guys are back there with combined two starts in their career? So, you know, I think that that will be a big, big uh, sticking point. Is you know how will how will these all these various linemen on both sides of the ball, you know, will it be a bit of a mismatch or a bit of a draw? You know, I think uh, you know, I think State has has some firepower on offense, but I don't think that they want to play a game in the 30s. I don't think that's what they want to do. So. They can control the trenches, take some time off the clock. I, th- I think a score in their wheelhouse would be something like 24 to 17. There you have it, Wes. You know, the battle at the line of scrimmage obviously is going to be key. You know, we can talk about skilled players and 
you know, Jalen Samuel and Debo Samuel and Ortre Smith and Hayden Hurst and the running backs at Gamecocks have got all this is good and well, but you know, the more things change, Wes, the more they stay the same. Football still won in the trenches, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's going to be a, a big key, and uh, I, I think you look at that, though, it, South Carolina scored a to me, NC State to win this game needs to win the trenches. South Carolina to win this game needs to hold serve, if that makes sense. Uh, like, I, I think if South Carolina can just hang in there and not get just completely knocked around on both sides in the trenches, then maybe those skill guys can take over. Um, on the other hand, if you're NC State, with that being the strength of your team, especially that, that front seven being the strength of that defense, um, they're going to need for those guys to kind of take over. So I think it's a key, but I, I think also there's sort of a different level to it um, when you look at the expectations for both teams. All right, very good. Yards on first down, i got to believe, are going to be paramount for the Gamecocks today. NC State had the top defense in the country last year. Yards allowed on first down. They allowed fewer yards on first down than any team in America last year. And obviously if the Gamecocks are able to establish the ground game, and set themselves up with third and manageable situations. That's going to help fend off or at least hold at bay that NC State pass rush. So, very intriguing matchup today. i got to believe it's strength on strength. Gamecock offense against the NC State defense. And it's going to be very fun to see how it plays out. Wes, let's listen in to Chris Clark here. Chris is going to give us a recruiting perspective on today's game. Chris Clark joins us now on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Chris, good to have you. Happy game day. <laughs> Thanks. Glad, glad that it's here finally. It's been long anticipated. Yeah, it has. Talking season has really labored on this summer, but it's great to be talking Gamecock football with you on game day. So, Chris, we've got this neutral site game here in Charlotte. Uh, old rivals, South Carolina and NC State, two programs that go way back and uh, two programs that know each other very well, even though this is the first meeting since 2009. You know, the Gamecocks and Wolfpack run in the same recruiting circles, don't they, Chris? Wes and I were talking about this. You know, the Gamecocks have competed with NC State for recruits in recent years about as much as they've competed with Clemson. Is that fair to say? You know, I think it is because, um, you know, it's a point that we've made several times, not even bringing NC State into the equation, but Clemson and South Carolina don't compete as much as you would think for prospects. One reason for that is just because with the state of South Carolina, there's never a recruiting cycle. Sometimes they're heavier than others in terms of being top-heavy or, or deep with how many prospects that would be signable for either of those schools or for both of them. Um, but there's not enough talent uh, in the state of South Carolina year after year for both to pull from. For example, if they were in South Carolina, were say, in the state of Florida or Texas, you know, there would be a bigger body of, of schools to pick from. So, um, you know, those schools offer some, a lot of the same prospects, but in terms of just head-to-head battles, there are certainly some, um, and, and there have been some in this class and last class, but there aren't as many as you would think. And so with NC State, there are certainly some guys that they uh, both offer, both pursue. Not a ton of head-to-head battles, but there are some. Um, you know, Sherrod Green, a guy who's going to play for South Carolina, a good bit this season, and, and he's going to see the field uh, here on game day uh, this afternoon. Um, he's someone that NC State, you know, wanted badly in this class. Um, there have been certainly some crossover recruiting battles there. Chris, tell us about some of the recruits that both schools are on. I understand that, you know, there will be some prospects at today's game. Tell us about who is visiting with each school and, and how how exactly is that going to work? Well, we're going to have to wait to see some of the guys that can come Um you know, there there have been both schools. They get just to sort of say tell everyone how it works is with these neutral site games. Um, Tennessee and Virginia Tech did this with the Battle of Bristol last season. Um, if both schools agree to it, then each school is given a small allotment of tickets that they can give to prospects. Um, they are not allowed to visit with those prospects. For example, they can't go up and start talking to them and talking to their family on the field or inside the stadium anywhere. There's no recruiting contact allowed. So it's it's quite different from hosting a prospect on your own campus all schools can really do is just provide the tickets so that prospects aren't paying on their own dime hmm. and so if you're invited and you can make it you can get those tickets so um you know still still waiting to see um and we'll certainly know after the game who all was able to make it in but um, there are a couple guys to watch i mean south carolina of course invited several guys from the tar heel state to attend the game because it just makes sense. One of them is Rick Sandage, 
uh, from down the road in Concord. Now, NC State's offered him, but it's not really a factor. South Carolina has a really good shot with him. Uh, Travion Freshwater, a 2019 defensive end who's a four-star on Rivals.com is another one. There is one crossover target of note in this class, and that's Javon Gwynn, who's a guy from Harding Academy right now, right there in Charlotte, a four-star offensive lineman that both schools have been recruiting. And so um, he's a guy that, that really is, has gone back and forth between NC State and South Carolina. Really don't know how it's going to play out yet, but, but that's a certainly uh, probably the most compelling visitor in terms of just uh, what this game could potentially mean to him. Chris, talk about the Charlotte area. You know, I, I just glancing at the NC State roster, I saw they got a couple of players from Mallard Creek. The Gamecocks have been working Charlotte, you know, for a long time now, and I think Muschamp has made that a greater priority for South Carolina just this week. Muschamp said that he would welcome the opportunity for South Carolina to play a neutral site game in Charlotte or Atlanta anytime, he said, because of, you know, the Gamecocks making an effort to recruit those two areas. I mean, these are two important cities for Gamecock recruiting and a lot of programs around the southeast. There's so much talent in those large cities like Charlotte and Atlanta. Oh, there's no doubt. And that's an area in which South Carolina and Will Muschamp has spoken about this publicly. I mean, he he wants to get better recruiting the state of North Carolina, Charlotte and the surrounding areas. And, you know, we spoke about Sherrod Green earlier. He's a guy that South Carolina signs a really like from that 2017 class. But when you look over the roster, there are not nearly as many guys on this roster from North Carolina scholarship players as you would anticipate. I mean, they've got Sherrod Green, Will Putnam, Eric Douglas, Jalen Dickerson, and, and Rico Dowdle, uh, C.J. Freeman being another. And so there's not a lot of guys from North Carolina on this roster. And, you know, I run through the names and you go, is that all? And, and that, that really is. So it's an area in which they want to get better. And you're right, Will Muschamp's, you know, very consistently talked about that from day one. He said, you know, Charlotte should really be an in-state territory for us. You know, North Carolina is very close by, so they're still going to pull prospects from, you know, their their general geographic footprint, and that is South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia, Florida. Those are going to be the primary, you know, states that they look to. There will be others. They'll sign guys from junior college. They'll sign guys from other states at times. But those are the main ones. And, you know, doing something to improve recruiting in the state of North Carolina – I think that's something that they'll take a hard look at. You know, that's that's something they want to continue to do. They've got some big targets in the state of North Carolina in this class, whether it's K.J. Henry, um, five-star defensive end, who they like as a buck. It's Dax Holyfield. You know, you mentioned Javon Gwynn. So there's guys in this class, and certainly they want to make it a priority in the years to come as well. Chris Clark, Gamecock Central recruiting analyst, taking time to join us here on the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Chris, we appreciate your time today, and let's talk about uh, one or two things that you are most looking forward to observing or, or seeing in today's game between the Gamecocks and the Wolfpack. Sure. I, you know, defensively for South Carolina, I sort of want to be able to assess where things are, how this team's progressed. You know, um, the, the coaching staff in the offseason, Will Muschamp specifically has said that, you know, he, he felt like they were playing blocks better. He felt like they were a stronger team. Um, you know, certainly you can feel better about uh, the linebacking core with Scott Moore being back. You can feel better about the secondary um, with the experience that they have back. But the depth is, is just not there. And so they've got to stay healthy. But I think that would be the biggest thing for me, just seeing does this defense take some type of step forward. Now, the NC State game, will not be uh, the final stamp on what happens the rest of the season, whether it's a good or bad performance for South Carolina. Uh, but I, I do think it can give us some ideas. You know, how are they playing the run? How do they look in coverage? Have they improved the pass rushing? All those are things that I think uh, we may get a better sense of after after this game this afternoon. And offensively, look, that's that's been the biggest, probably the biggest talk of the offseason. It's just the expectations for their offense. It's not sky high or anything, and it doesn't need to be. But certainly, people are expecting the biggest improvement when you talk about the three biggest, you know, the three phases of the game. People are anticipating offensive improvement. We want to see the O line get better. They think that the offense as a whole will be better because of Jake Bentley and the skill position players. So, just to see how how that unit's progressed and sort of what they look like, just the general look of the offense, what they do schematically. Are there any adjustments? Can they score points? Uh, that's something I'll be very interested to watch. Outstanding, Chris. We appreciate your time today. Good to be with you and enjoy the ball game. Thank you. Thanks so much. So there you have it, Chris Clark, giving us a recruiting look at today's game. A lot of prospects that are looking at both schools. Wes will be uh, 
you know, at today's ball game at Bank of America Stadium. And, and very interesting that uh, the Gamecocks directly battle with NC State for recruits uh, about as much as the Gamecocks compete with Clemson for recruits. Just an interesting aspect of today's game that a lot of folks may not be aware of. Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, Muschamp's mentioned it a lot. Charlotte, Atlanta, he, he's basically said, hey, I'm, I'm willing to play uh, in those areas anytime, anywhere. So he understands and he, and he makes a big priority on recruiting those areas. And, and obviously Charlotte is important to NC State as well and South Carolina has gone head-to-head with NC State on several guys and will go will continue to go head-to-head with them on, on plenty of guys in that area. Won some battles and lost some battles. Uh, you know, Rico Daddle, South Carolina's running back, who I, I think uh, clearly needs to have a big day for them today. Uh, he was someone that NC State was very, very involved in and actually, you know, technically is an in-state guy for NC State, although he lives right on the border and is originally from Gaffney, so I always kind of considered him an in-state guy for South Carolina. But uh, just the perfect example of a guy that South Carolina and NC State went head-to-head for. Yeah, Dave Doran, NC State head coach, talked about Dowdle earlier this week and one of his press conferences said that NC State was very high on Rico Dowdle. They did go after him, but ultimately Dowdle – is a Gamecock, and he figures to be a main player in today's ball game. So very interesting, the recruiting angle in today's game, sort of a sidebar to this season opener for 2017 for both South Carolina and NC State. And that's going to wrap it up, Wes, for our first ever game day podcast here on Gamecock Central Radio. Man, great to be with you today. Enjoy the ball game, Wes. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed it. I'm excited. I um, hope everybody, like you said, has come on the grill and uh, something in their hands and uh, – We'll, uh, we'll be back on the Game Talk Central podcast to talk uh, post-game, too. Everson. I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, much enjoyed it, Wes. Appreciate you. And like Wes said, to open the show today, we'll spend the rest of the week overreacting to what happens today between the Gamecocks and the Wolfpack. Good stuff today, Wes. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, man. All right, that's Wes Mitchell. I'm Emerson Phillips. You can call the podcast and be a part of the show next week, 497-9058. Thanks for being with us, and enjoy the ball game today. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.